Coming to you from Strings and Things Studio in Ventura, California, this is the Strings Unraveled Podcast. This is our actual anniversary episode. This it's is episode 13, which means we've done 12 months worth of so podcasts already. It's not the penultimate, but the, well, no, not the ultimate, because it's not the last. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think it's the ultimate. Um, my kids have been watching this guy called Coyote something, the Beyond Wilderness guy. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. And he, like, gets stung by things. Yep. Um, <laughs> on purpose to do a pain chart Mm -hmm. and I watched an episode with my kids and Mirabella who's eight was like just giggling and it's hard to watch because you know this guy's gonna hurt himself on purpose Mm -hmm. and he's building it up building it up and Mirabella says mommy sometimes I just watch this and laugh (laughs) (laughs) it's like so proud of her and then it starts and I'm like this guy is like brilliant and idiot at the same time because he knows what he's doing he's doing good showmanship of it but oh why um and then it gets auto plays the next episode and there's um the last episode or something like that Mm -hmm. or the the final destination i was like oh maybe he died (laughs) (laughs) after all this time he finally died the fact so. that the you two are laughing together, mother and daughter, while thinking about his death is just well, so disturbing and funny. Because this whole thing, they're like, we found this bug we were looking for, and it stung me, and it hurt a lot. But then we were walking back to camp, and we found this even bigger thing we've never <laughs> seen before. I think it was called the Executioner Wasp. And oh, that sounds fun. It was huge, like as big as my hand. Oh. And, I mean, Can you I imagine the stinger on that thing? It was enormous. Actually, the stinger part was sort of fascinating. It was sort of like a sewing needle size. Ew. It came out of the abdomen and then Ugh. swung him. Yeah. Okay, nightmares. If you okay. don't, don't listen to this late at night. Turn it off now before you... Don't that. turn it off. Wait. No, don't turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting to the best part. So don't turn it off. So he's building this up, building this up, building this up, and I turn Mirabella sitting next to me and I bury my head in her little shoulder and she takes her hand on my cheek and turns my head back to the <laughs> TV and she says mommy you have to watch <laughs> <laughs> she's so evil. No, she's never seen Game of Thrones but that is very like <laughs> first episode you have don't look away Bran you know so, wow anyways um the point of my sharing that was um, that. I don't know how we got you there. You were really just... triggered that that was a good idea to share that right now. <laughs> oh, the penultimate episode. That's what it was. This is not the penultimate. That was not that. That guy did not die. Oh. He was very hurt. Very hurt. Wow. <laughs> it was not his last episode. Spoiler. He didn't die. Um, well, don't they have like a YouTube channel for people that do stupid things on purpose? Yeah, that's what it some, is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard of that guy, but I had never um, seen him. And You're I right. Telling my husband, like, did you know they're watching this thing? He's like, yeah, I showed it to them. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, here's he the hilarious new. thing that your daughter said. She's very funny that's and funny. terrifying, and I'm so, so proud. I, I um, so... We are going to celebrate this episode by sharing the questions we've been collecting for 
Accidentally for two months now. Yeah, because we <laughs> didn't realize what an anniversary meant. Yeah, we got a really good um, set of questions. Mm-hmm. So um, before we answer questions, yeah, I have um, a podcast anniversary present for you guys. Oh, I like Prezi. presents. Presents. What? And they're the same. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> so they're in pretty paper too. Sign- oh, I love this bag. Mm. Oh, Ooh. I love it. <laughs> yes. I saw those right. mugs and I thought First, you needed those. We have opened. Um, <laughs> it's a, there's a command in the mug. <laughs> it's a mug with an. Uh, it must be a llama. I would assume so because because it, it rhymes says, with no drama, as in the no drama llama, <laughs> which is pretty 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 much Ooh, this what is we nice. maintain around yeah. here. Yeah, I thought it was drama. appropriate. And the cutest. Oh, good. They're Katie made. Yes. Hot oh, this is pink really cool. motion bag. This yeah. is really cool leather. Yes. Not yeah, leather, but your vinyl. I love it. <gasps> holographic vinyl. That's so, so cool. Shiny. I know. It's I have one in purple, and it's like, it's very shiny. Is it like reflective if I like, am watching it? I mean, probably. I'm just going to wear Do you it. Need- At night. <laughs> Are you Put it like a, a race bib on your back. Yeah. Um, I think these two. There's two women running, and she had her, like, purse kind of around the neck, and she's like, I can't run. There's just too much to just clap. <laughs> okay, now we can answer Thank questions. You. Um, Thank you, Anne. Really Thank you, Katie. Lo- Thank you. My really... name's Katie. Yeah. I said Katie. Uh, <laughs> I caught myself. It's okay. I never know my kids' names. Remembering if we should um, get name tags here. Only three of us. I mean, but... and only one of us is usually here at a time, so. <laughs> no, but, but. It helps people. Eh? Maybe I get fewer confusion, less confusion here than I did at at, at Anna Kappa. because there's just the one choice. Yeah, probably. I just have to. So like sometimes when I'm learning someone's name, I have to look at the sign-in roster. So uh-huh. they yes, ask, who is it today? Yeah. Or who is, we have a big calendar in the studio, so it tells everybody. Maybe it's really confusing if we switch and we don't update the calendar. Yeah, ooh, <laughs> for a new person, they're like, oh, I met Anne the other day, and be like, mm, that was not Anne. <laughs> It's, I'm Anne, so it's the first time I'm meeting you. So yeah. I don't. I have think had so. people accuse me, uh, not accuse, accuse, you. accuse, accuse, accuse. Tell me follows this. <laughs> not accuse. They accused you of helping them in a certain way that was confusing, and I know that it wasn't me because I don't oh, remember working on that care. pattern. I've also been accused of that. So we probably we all, all have. have. Yeah, maybe we all. Maybe have. we are getting confused still. Maybe we all have different teaching styles that sometimes confuse different people. <laughs> Well, no, they were, no, it wasn't that I taught them something different. It's that I had taught them something before, but I know that wasn't a fact because I'd never seen that pattern before. Mm. Well, there's a sock pattern someone's trying to trace down, but they know it's not you, but it's, I've only ever taught one sock pattern. Yeah. And Hmm. I made it up, so. (laughs) It's a mystery. That's why they can't find it. (laughs) It's it's in my Google Drive. (laughs) And in your head. Okay. Alrighty. Yeah, I think we should go around and everybody, maybe Anne can go first and read off a question. So, um, I'm going to start with one from our survey. Um, Yeah, we have like paper ones in a little tub and then we also have some that were submitted uh, online. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so if you get our emails, you could have responded to the link. If you don't get our emails, that's what you're missing. Go to our website and sign up for our mailing list. Yep, Um, yep. 
So, should we say who the submitter is, or shall they all be? Uh, Some of them don't have their names, so I think we should just anonymous. do you know, anonymous. You know, you know who, who you are, are. <laughs> and we thank you. Yeah. Um, so the first question um, is a is a two parter. Hi, ladies. I so enjoy your podcast. Thank you for all the great tips and for sharing thank your you. lives, joy, and struggles with us. I. That's funny. It might be like each one of us. Love, joy, and struggles. Yeah, like I do all the struggles. <laughs> I was going to say, who's who? It depends on the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and the hour. <laughs> the later it is, the more we share. I, lo- I love this question because I've been accused of this in my other workplace. Accused. Uh, accused of? Accused. It's totally <laughs> accused. And I'm not saying the question is accusing, but the at the other workplace, it was def- definitely an accusation of neglect. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard you talk much about pets. Do you have any pets at home? And then we'll save the second part for this. So what were you accused of? Not talking oh, about your pets? I don't. And my coworkers who love dogs were shocked to find out I that always I have forget a dog. you have a dog because you also you never talk about your dog. You, when I've did you get a dog? She's had a dog forever. Into our house. Her name what? is Hayden. <laughs> I've been to your house. I've never seen a dog. It's she like a, what, what kind of dog you have? She's, she's a super to. pound puppy. Um, pound yeah, puppy. we got her like the, in November toys. after we moved into our house. Uh-huh. We moved in in August 2009. She's a pound puppy. She's huge. She When we got her, she weighed like 135 pounds. She's like, but she's compact, you know, not a real tall dog. And she's just That's like, just you weird. can see every popular breed in this beautiful dog. Yeah. She's like chestnut colored. She she's kind of hairy, right? Sort of hairy, but mm. like a short coat. Mm. Um, she gets a good winter undercoat. Um, she looks like a German shepherd in the shape of her tail. She even has like one of those little moles in her coat like German mm-hmm. shepherds get. But she's all chestnut. She has a little bit of a boxer face. I think actually she could be technically because a pit bull is not a breed, right? Right. So she could possibly... No, it's just oh. an amalgam of many. Oh, it's a something kind of terrier. It's a mixture of terriers, I think. It could be. Yeah, it's a mixture of things. It's sort of become a catch-all for like major mutts like my dog. <laughs> but <laughs> but she doesn't look like a pit bull, and she wasn't classified as a pit bull. She's actually classified as an Australian Shepherd, and I think it's because she what? had the two different color eyes. Oh, it could um, be. Um, and we thought about doing genetic testing to find out what she really is, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> She's your dog. And um, her, at some so. point, she had some problem with her eye that caused her to go blind in one eye. Aww. And so we call her Winky now. <laughs> Not Popeye? No, just mm-hmm. Winky. Which, you know, goes to show that I am a horrible person. You um, stupid nicknames for your pets. Yeah. They don't know. No, they don't speak English. Yeah. <laughs> As long and, as you feed them and love on them, they yeah. don't care. She was the only dog at the pound who paid any attention to us when we went by. Mm. And Aww. she saw Dante when he was, like, three and did, like... Oh, he wasn't even. He was not even two. Did, like, downward dog at him. Oh. And um, she's always been a good mama dog. Like, she would be a Nana dog if you... Could, yeah. If that What's were a, a real dog? thing. Um, like, in, from, like Nana from Peter Pan. Oh, Peter Nana. Pan. So, Poor I Nana. could probably let her babysit them. But... <laughs> I don't know if there's any laws against that. Uh, so I have a dog. I like her. I'm not super dog crazy. I would rather have a cat, but my husband is allergic to cats. Um, and we won't get a pet after Hayden dies. Mm. She is very old because she was three to five years old when we got her. And we've been in our house for 10 years as of mm. this week. Mm. So she's going to die soon. Oh, sad. It is sad. But then I can travel more. That's true. Dogs Which are a responsibility. Might be why my coworker accused me of pet neglect. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'm we, sure you love your dog. We take, yeah, we love her. The kids love her. They take good care of her. She's is she the only pet you've had since you've been out here? Yes, because we live in an apartment. Oh. I mean, we've had some other things like classroom style pets that Kevin had in his classroom. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then there was a stupid rule about getting permission slips from every kid who could come in contact with your class ever. Wow. And so he gave it up because that's too hard. That's annoying. So. But yeah, it's the only real pet. Like we've had fish and snakes, which I don't, I'm not into keeping reptiles. Um. (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't mine anyway. It was Kevin's classroom animal. And he had a a breeding set of mice that he would then feed. Feed is the circle of life. So that's me and pets. Well, we've had one pet, two pets that we have kept alive really well for the longest time. I didn't want us to have pets like we had birds and fish because I just felt like it was just irresponsible to bring one of God's creatures into our house just to die. Because if they're going to come in our house, they would <laughs> like me and a plant. Like, <laughs> yes, but when it's but when it chirps back at you no, and then I it understand. stops chirping back at you, you feel really really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so like I think Kevin had a turtle that the ants ate. Like oh. when he was a teenager or college That's age. That's very sad. Yeah. And I don't count the frogs that, that my husband would catch. Um, come from outside. They come from outside. He w- he would catch one down at th- from the river, and then he dug a little place for it to stick around in the backyard, and he caught this really cool turtle, and then the frog ate the turtle. Because oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a like circle. But he felt really, really bad. But we do uh, years back, Trevor got a snake because a previous girlfriend thought he really really should be into snakes <laughs> and then the girl dumped him and he kind of lost interest and so we have by de facto started taking care of Roxy my my youngest son and myself and uh, sometimes she gets out and she likes to snuggle she oh. gets out or you let her out she has gotten out okay because <laughs> there's a difference <laughs> she wants yeah. to be a baby eater <laughs> and she likes to snuggle next to my son on the bed he'll roll over and he'll, hi Roxy Ooh. Um, yeah, so that's only happened a couple times. If she can open her mouth wide enough. <laughs> no. I think your son's probably too big. <laughs> oh yeah, he's the biggest of them all. <laughs> but uh, no, so we keep Roxy. Actually, we've done taken better care of her than now that I mean, except she won't eat her rats right now. So oh. I don't know what's going on. Maybe she's Maybe going she's into growth, growth spurt. Well, they you only have to feed them like once a month. That's our kind of pet. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's a fair thing. Yeah. You know, they're point. pretty easy to. Um, then we have our kitty that we rescued and, um, when he was, uh, we, we got him from Santa Paula animal rescue and he's, gosh, he's four years old now. Wow. And he's a very, he's a diva. He's a very demanding cat. Each one of us uh, satisfies a certain need in his Mm -hmm. life. I'm the one who plays with him. Um, the, my husband is the one who gives him snacks and gives him way too many snacks We've had this conversation that snacks three times a day are not snacks. Those are meals. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and the reason he won't feed, he won't eat his regular food is because you're giving him kitty crack. Because <laughs> he, I mean, as soon as my husband is at the door, he hasn't even come in the door yet, and the cat is there. He runs from my mother-in-law's, <laughs> from his nap, from my mother-in-law's room, through the living room and the game room, and then as soon as Jim comes in, he meows at him like, "Hurry up, follow mm-hmm. me." Where's my snack? Where's my snack? <laughs> And he if, has you trained, or him, he has Jim trained. Yeah. yeah. I'm the only alpha left, mostly, <laughs> I tell myself. <laughs> you like to think. I like to think. No, but he picks on my mother in law. He's the only one that he picks, she only one he picks on 
Like if she doesn't, he gets really mad at her because she's the one who takes him out. She's we call her the warden because <laughs> he gets yard time. Yeah. Um. He only goes out in the yard to supervise because there's neighborhood cats that think that our y- our yard is their mm-hmm. freeway and they would pick up a fight and we just don't want that kind of vet bill. That's not good for him. But anyway, so if if it's a particular day where it's cold or too hot and he can't go out, he takes a swipe at her. Oh, really? He's drawn blood. And it's yeah. like, but she's the, only one, she's the only one he does that to. Yeah. He starts, I give him the stink eye. He starts to do something like that and like point at him. He's like, whoa. <laughs> and all I have to do is show him like the water bottle. We have a water bottle. A squirt bottle. A squirt bottle. And I've tuned it so it can go way across the room and into the next one with really good <laughs> precision. And if anyone else holds it, they he just knows they're just an empty threat. But I will, I yeah. will. I'll follow him and chase him down. <laughs> so he knows I'm, I've now reasserted my alpha status. That's anyway, funny. So, snake and a cat. Um, we have had many pets over the years. Currently, um, James is a fan of keeping reptiles and mm. all that good stuff. So we have had, at one point we had like, I, I don't know, probably a dozen pets. At this point we have um, a bearded dragon. That was adopted from one of our wonderful customers whose son no longer wanted to take care of That's cool. their lizard anymore. So uh, we have Benji, and she's great. Um, we have a little gecko that James rescued from somebody else's child who wasn't taking care of the rep. That's how we get all our pets. It's like uh, somebody needs a home, James will be like, okay, I will take care of your animal. So we have a little fat-tailed gecko who's very cute, but she's nocturnal so i like literally never see her she sleeps all day that's an easy pet yeah um we have uh, a tortoise a greek tortoise which is just a little small tortoise she's about how do you know the tortoise is greek do they like <laughs> she has an accent does um she... <laughs> <laughs> do they dance does she only eat certain foods yeah or does she dance <laughs> uh they're called like greek or russian tortoises i think they're probably the same breed but she's probably about five inches long oh, and she won't get size. any bigger she's small is no, she, it's a it's a boy. She, is, she Sorry. A veg- is he a vegetarian? Because that's the quote everybody does around here. What? what? Oh, you're a vegetarian? Okay, we make lamb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, no he is a vegetarian. <laughs> um, both of those pets, Benji the bearded dragon and Spiffy, my tortoise, Aww. we thought were the opposite sex when we got them so I always thought Spiffy was a girl mm-hmm. until one day I walked in and I saw something that proved to me that Spiffy was not a girl <laughs> Whoa. and so we know Spiffy's a boy um, and I think Salute Benji you. Yeah, I think Benji used to be Ben like Benjamin I don't know it's either Benjamina? I think it's a girl it's either a girl or a boy and I don't remember so Christy I'm sorry I think she's a girl um, we call her a girl so I might be misgendering my reptiles but I don't know um, if they were rabbits, it wouldn't matter. Or as they, as they, or as they say in um, Jurassic Park, nature they always found finds a way. way. Yeah, she finds a way. <laughs> she found a way, or he found a way. I'll just call them them. Yeah. Um, the. <laughs> uh, so we have those three guys, and we have a cat who is about a year old. Her name is April. So She's, She's so my big, precious I baby. I know. She's the best. Um, James had never had a like a furry like mammal pet he had birds and he had snakes and he had lizards so and all that stuff growing up pet. so he never had a cuddle well his birds were kind of cuddly no but snake cuddles? yeah apparently <laughs> snakes like to cuddle. um 
But once we, and I'm not a dog person. That's like my unpopular opinion is I don't really like dogs, but I do love a cat. So I always wanted one. And then we moved into a house that had a cat. Our roommates had a cat and James like fell in love. (laughs) So then he wanted a cat of his own. So now we have April and she's the best. And James is like head over heels over this kitty cat. Um, And I have a funny story about my tortoise that's really quick. My nephew, who's two, wanted to pet Spiffy, but he calls him Whiffy. So he's like, I want to go pet Whiffy. So we went upstairs, and he so got cute. to pet the tortoise. And then I was like, okay, Owen, now we have to go wash our hands. And he was like, no, my hands are clean. I was like, no, if you touch the turtle, you have to go wash your hands. And he goes, no, and Katie, my hands are clean. And I was like, okay, but the turtle has germs, and if you touch it, you have to wash it. And he looks at me dead in the eye and says, well, then wash your turtle. <laughs> and I was like, that's a good comeback. <laughs> Don't know what to say to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Karen, do you want to pick our next question? You can pick out of our bucket. There, it, oh, wait. A it's a two-parter. Question. Never mind. Oh, um, so You can pick the next one. Okay, what's the two-parter? Well, I mean, it's very easy. It's a yes or no question, and I'm going to um, do something like... I can answer it for all of us. Okay. okay. Oh, okay. Um, also, is there any chance strings and things will expand into yarn sales in the future? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> just going to say, uh, Maybe. <laughs> We love Which, we love possibilities. Yeah, don't interpret that. We're not way. ruling it out. My oh, oldest son ruined maybe for me for my younger kids, but they I don't think they ever remember because I still do this. I still use maybe. He's sitting up in the front and they're bugging me for something, and I just said maybe maybe we'll do that. Maybe means no when you're a mom. That's what Alexander <laughs> says. Hey dummies, like don't you know that when she says maybe it's no. <laughs> But, but in this in this context, I really maybe. think maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Okay, Karen. Okay, so pick a question. And out of our you question. The rattling of the papers, so you know that really. It's not just sound. I added that in post. I don't know. I don't know how to do that. So okay, so you can't just say like I want you to hear the sound of the rain, and then Katie adds. I mean, I could, but it would be difficult, and I don't know how. Excellent one. Most excellent. All right. Let's say. Please explain negative ease for hats. Oh, for hats. Ease for hats. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anybody have any hot takes? Well, I mean, I certainly have my way of explaining it. Um, so negative ease, first of all, is something being smaller than the thing the you, thing you intend to fit. To fit it. Yep. So if you, I have a 22 and a quarter inch head. So I like two inches of negative ease, which I think is the appropriate amount of negative ease for a hat brim. You can make the rest of your hat fit however you want. Um, yeah, it's only the brim that has to ha- be negative yeah. ease. If so, it's a beanie, like, generally why? the whole thing would have negative, negative ease. But yeah. if it were, like, a slouchy hat, just the brim needs to fit. And why do we want them to ha- have negative ease? Why not positive? And just Well, well if you okay, mean, that's if a fine you, question. Uh, you want your hat to stay on your head. If you knitted it exactly the size of your head, I'm assuming it would slip off all the time. And mm-hmm. stretch out. Yeah. Um, That's true. It's going to stretch out anyway. So then what happens is after you've worn it, it'll be, it will not have negative ease. Mm -hmm. It will probably have some positive ease. And in general, some, a lot of patterns will say the finish size and intended to fit. And if you look at the difference between those two, it might say finish size is 20 intended to fit a size 22 inch head. So you can see they're they're compensating by making negative ease into the pattern. So if it has finished measurements, look at that because then you can choose more accurately. And you know you have too much negative ease if you have a red line on your forehead and you take it off. <laughs> yes. and that's too much ease. Growing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That would be a hat that's too small. I also, don't... if it were really tight, it would probably just like pop off your head, right? Yeah. No. no. It just... <laughs> okay, sorry. So... I've had... 
Okay, I might, I, I may or may not have had that line on my forehead, which meant I couldn't take the hat <laughs> off because then everyone would see. But I'm not cop. I'm not may or confess. May not. Yeah. It may or may not. Hypothetical situation <laughs> that you might have some familiarity familiarity <laughs> with. Um, so it's important that you know the head measurement. Though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would say, as a general rule, most adult heads range from 21 to 23 inches. And those are the hat sizes that are easy to order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you make a 20-inch hat, you are for the most part going to... It's stretchy. It'll have, fit most adults' yeah. heads. And it's going to fit adult children through adults because okay. children's heads I get always have to two. tell people that. It's like they want to make a baby hat. I'm like, make the next size up because babies and kids have big heads. Yeah, they do. The big difference heads. between a baby and adult's head are really not that much. Yeah. When your head gets to adult size, like the, the size of your brain pan <laughs> gets big enough very swiftly um, unless you have some sad disorder that keeps that from happening. Yeah. And that's true too. So you have a question. You have a thing you want to add. Go. Okay. <laughs> So, oftentimes when people are making hats, they go, oh, I think that's deep enough. And then they want to start decreasing right away. And where is the appropriate place where you should have a cutoff? So, thank you, Stephanie Pearl McPhee. Um, this is a yarn harlot tip from like a long time ago. We're ge- I'm, Karen and I are gesturing. At each yeah, other. they're waving Hi! at each other. <laughs> but if you take your hand and you line up the cast on edge... With the bottom of the drumstick of your thumb, like if the you drumstick? look at your thumb, like, oh, a, I see. like a chicken drumstick, okay, the bottom of like the heel of your palm, the heel yeah. of your palm, um, with the bottom of your cast on. If for Southern Californians, it's your pointer finger is the height you need to go to. Do Southern Californians have shorter heads? No, we <laughs> need great question. We need to cover less of our ears. I understand, <laughs> but okay. but Stephanie Perlmutter's original. Um, tip was from the bottom of your hand to the top of your point of your middle finger okay so i want to be able to not worry about oh this is my southern california hat this is my going to the snow hat i'm probably going to just do that extra half inch but that might be too long for for some people i mean you would do it once and then understand for you this is anecdotal evidence from 10 years of teaching um, the simple Mm -hmm. hat yeah three to four times a year i (laughs) saw an interesting tip about that from someone on instagram and she is a designer so when she designs hats the way she knows when to stop is she'll take the hat and put the stitches on two straight needles or Mm -hmm. like two long double pointed needles and put point protectors so it like folds it into like um like a kitty cat hat you know what Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. and she tries it on her head and if it meets without it like if it's the right length at that point then you should be able to do your decreases and it'll work um, look up, uh, what is her name? Hunter. Oh, Hunter Hammerson. Hunter Hammerson. That's who it is. Look her she up because she awesome. was the one who was talking yeah. about it. And she probably has a post on her Instagram about she it. She has such great, like, I've been collecting all of her yes. books. <laughs> so if you, I think I'm only missing one. I've got quite a few in there. Nice. I haven't actually made, finished anything, but I just like her style of writing. And yeah. Because do de- decreases suck up some of the height? Yeah. yeah. Some of the height. That's a good observation. I don't mm-hmm. know if I've noticed people making a lot of yarmulkes, but but it definitely everybody wants to stop early. You yeah, want to stop early like it's and then, long enough, and then then it hits the top of the year, which is really too short. It needs to yeah. like about the middle of the year. Yeah. So um, there you go. Okay, there you go. That's a great question, um, Katie. Which one do you want to go, computer? Uh, yeah, Let me go computer here. So um, where do I find this? Okay. 
Um, one question that I see is where do we buy our yarn from? <laughs> so where do you guys buy your yarn from? I mean, it was a lot easier when we worked at the yarn store. Yeah, it used to mm -hmm. be Anna Kappa Fine Yarns. Yep. But I am a little addicted to going to Tuesday morning. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> they have like some pretty decent yarn. Like I got some trendsetter yarn recently. Um, I've made three sweaters this year from a, a yarn I don't even really know the name of. It's like oh. Fibra Natura is the brand. Yeah. And I've never, ever seen that in a yarn store. I've only ever seen it at Tuesday morning. And They have a pretty decent yarn like aisle. Yeah. And, and it's, it's random stuff, so you're not going to go expecting the same thing every no. time. But they usually have, like, sweater quantities yeah. and stuff. So And, like, name brands that you would know and yeah. things that you don't. But Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, that's a happy thing that I didn't know I needed. But mm -hmm. I made, and I think I have, oh, I'm, like, trying to convince myself to not buy another sweater's worth of <laughs> that yarn again. Because it's really good. It's DK weight for six ninety nine, two hundred eighty four yards. Wow, yeah, like, that's really good. And that's it's not decent. the softest, but it's uh, it is merino, and it's nice. Yeah, um, and it's solid color, so there's like a lot of it shows your stitch pattern, stitch work very nicely. Um, so yeah, I've been buying a lot of yarn at Tuesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> I if I have something specific that I want to shop for, I will treat myself to a trip up to Carpinteria and go to Roxanne's. That's good. Mm -hmm. Um. If I'm, like, specifically going to shop for yarn, I'll do that. If I'm just, like, want to go look at yarn, if I don't have anything specifically in mind, um, I like to check out Fabric Town and see what they have on mm -hmm. discount. Um, I have been buying, if it's, like, a sweater's quantity, um, I'll buy from Knit Picks, which I didn't ever used to because mm -hmm. we worked at a yarn store. Yep. But now I'm like, oh, look at all this yarn that they have that I didn't yeah. know. So And decent prices. Yeah. I, um, I agree with all those prices. And, and free shipping up over without having to spend yeah. an exorbitant amount. And then I follow a lot of yarn dyers on Instagram and stuff, so I'll buy special skeins from them when I find one that uh, I need. But for the most part, if I'm shopping for something specifically, I either go up to Roxanne's or I look on nitpicks and see what they have to offer. So I have been only doing the special skeins online occasionally, mm -hmm. but except when I'm working on designs, I keep I'm getting in this bad habit of Watching nitpicks when they have their call out for submissions. I have this great plan. I order a yarn in the colorways that their thing is like. And then I either don't make the deadline, but I've got this great yarn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it becomes something else. Um, but right now I'm still just doing the one or two skeins for small projects. Um, I also have been using a lot of my stash. Since, and I've been using stash. Not working at the yarn store and not having ready access to yarn. I've been finding new ways to use my mm -hmm. stash yarn, which is great because yeah. that means that I have less stash and then that means I have room for when we go to Stitches to buy new things. <laughs> the most important place where we get our yarn quarterly right now, yarn over truck. Yarn over yarn truck. truck, yes. <laughs> yep. That's always fun when they come to visit us. Always get a treasure yes. from that. I mean, I keep saying I'm on a yarn diet this year, which I'm not doing a very good job on lately. <laughs> I mean, I could, I have done a lot more damage. <laughs> yeah. I missed the last time because I was sick and I was bummed because I had something in mind that I wanted to buy from them. Oh. So, well, so mm -hmm. I always get like something from yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're, I mean, how could you not? Yeah. Like, she's always good got good stuff. All the cool stuff mm -hmm. in there. Um, okay. Next question. Yeah, it's you, Anne. Ding, ding, ding. Come off the needles. Ooh. 
What is the best way to store your knitted and crocheted sweaters, hats, etc.? I have Ooh. some hanging in the closet, some in drawers, some in plastic storage bins. I don't have a good answer. I was going to say, I don't <laughs> recommend the way I do it, but I can tell you some tips. Uh, you know, hanging's okay if it's a shawl. Yeah. I have a bunch of shells and scarves hanging in my closet, but please do not hang up your knitted sweaters yeah, on a hanger in your closet. Get a don't do it. Stretch. Don't do it. You see us do it here in the studio because But every that's time I hang up one of my sweaters, I'm like, this is yeah. a bad idea. It's only for a short time. Yes. And then um, we go and reblock it. <laughs> or we tell ourselves yeah. we're going to and uh-huh. then you know, we, we let our bodies block it. Do we yeah. wanna say how we uh-huh. each do it and then say which how you should do it? Sure. <laughs> I mean what I have found now. <clears throat> is it's real horrible but like i just put them all in plastic bins and then i keep them here or in my garage yeah and i pull out like the things i'm excited about for that season i hang my or i make new things and i forget about all the other yeah things. that works too it's mostly, it's mostly <laughs> the second thing less of the first thing i hang my shawls on a like coat rack thing or in my closet um i have a drawer full of accessories and mostly hats and then all of my sweaters I have folded and like piled up in a laundry basket in my closet, but they don't always get refolded because sometimes I just kind of chuck them up there and they land in the laundry basket. <laughs> Depends on the sweater. If it's one I really really like, I'll fold it nicely. But um, mine are mostly checked. Yeah, checking is still better than hanging. It's still, that's true. It's still better than hanging. And Folding probably is best. I would I say like folded in a drawer is probably your best bet. But and it is good to reblock the things that you um, care about or use a mm-hmm. lot. Um, and I know there's somebody out there. I want to say it's like Susan B. Anderson or um, Stephanie Perlinski who like blocks them at the beginning and the end of the season. Oh, that's smart. Because the wool washes you use usually have essential oils that keep buggies away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're not storing it like with your sweat and right. stuff. Right. And you can store it with cedar chips or with um, like sachets Lavender. and stuff. Yeah. I cannot recommend that more enough because that even though I wash and block stuff in the stuff that keeps the bugs away it only keeps them away for a short time yeah. yeah so i highly recommend that once a year you go through and you inspect your things because even if you think you don't have bugs in your house you probably have a silverfish that sil- yeah. people don't realize to silverfish like like fi- it's not just paper fiber that they eat yeah. they eat um and there's certain dyes that they're attracted to i find certain colors like if i have a multicolor oh, sweater i'll have holes in the blue color more than others i don't know for the dye mm-hmm. I found that the hard way when I went on an impromptu trip to cold country where it was like the, the high for the day was 27 uh-huh. and it wasn't snow. It was just cold. Uh-huh. And every sweater I had, only I didn't discover till I put it on, had holes. Some of them were in the back. So every time I started to pull my sweater down, I found I had a great oh, big no. freaking hole. When I got back to the hotel, I went downstairs and the concierge was really nice and they have needles and... Needle oh, like needles that are already threaded, mm-hmm. with, and so I spent quite a bit of time uh, using needle and thread to darn up the holes of my sweaters that I didn't think about because we don't really get cold enough to wear them often enough. And I finally had the, a time to wear them. And have you heard that you shouldn't put sweaters in plastic, like sealed in plastic bags? For some reason I heard that that's bad, but I can't remember why. Well, plastic bugs can still get and yeah, and yeah. So it's not impermeable to like um, the effects of the environment, right? And it has its own like nasty. I guess ecosystem. if you yeah, I guess it doesn't let things breathe. If you put it in a 
drawer if you have it folded that it gets some air every once in a while but I guess because the plastic best. bags do do break down I have had I've pulled thing plastic bags um, with stuff in it out of the closet only to have the plastic disintegrate into little yeah. itty bitty yeah. pieces mm-hmm. like it would have been shredded yeah. and I was like oh okay yep. <laughs> um, those people that tell me that these plastic bags are not gonna let that are not gonna break down in the environment for like 30 40 years I think my closet will tell you <laughs> otherwise your closet's so, uh, like a twilight zone yeah. for plastic maybe <laughs> so the, maybe the microplastics down, but the microplastics get in the system and destroy creatures and give them cancer <laughs> that's true it's breaking down but it's not hurting certainly not hurting the bugs which yeah. would be yeah. okay which absolutely I'm okay, okay. With hurting bugs. if only the silverfish ate the microplastics <laughs> if only okay Karen you get fist. to pick our next question alrighty so did we take one from here uh, yeah that's the one I just did so maybe okay, the so, next one oh, I did this. yeah so mm-hmm. click next response right there oh are we done? What happened to our... Do we're we still use working on it. We're going every other. Which one? Click or shake? Click or shake? She wants shake. the paper. She's going out I'm of going order. <laughs> no, I thought we did. Oh, she showed me that one. Too bad. I wish you guys were here. You could see what we're arguing yeah. about. <laughs> oh, okay. When did you get the idea to start Strings and Things Studios? Who had the original idea? How long did it take? From the from idea to opening, so it's like so three little when parts. did we when did what's the first part? When did we when have did the idea? we start to get when we when did we get the idea to start this? But I think that should be question number two because who had the original idea? Who it's had the two, original idea? It's two things I think that came together. This yes, is my okay, my theory. Explain our origin story. <laughs> Here's what I believe is our origin story. Okay, so on. January 1st mm-hmm. of 2018. Oh, wow. She's way more specific than I am. Yeah. Well, it's very, it's, it's important. It was yes. on the 1st of January. Yep. Lois called, I think she called all of us and mm-hmm. was like, hey, what do you guys think about doing yeah. a little Anacapa? Like a mini yarn rooms. studio thing. And then, you know, that didn't pan out. Um, so that was, I think, what planted That the was going to be like a tiny, tiny store yeah. where we only sold, what was it, Malabrigo, Malabrigo Encore, and, and Needles. needles. But that didn't work out. <laughs> so, and then we would share the rent and we'd each get our own private studio space. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, like, really stuck in our head. Mm-hmm. I think the other part, too, that I want to run parallel in there is mm-hmm. when, you know, Lois had made the decision of um, the store was going to close, I had said, let's do a babysitter's club of <laughs> lessons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we kind of talked about, like, how could we... You didn't know what Babysitter's we... Club and you didn't know what Babysitter's Club is. I know what Babysitter's Club okay. is. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my I gosh. How dare you? I want to be Maybe Claudia. Just low... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just sitting here there with a blank look on my why, face. Yeah. Oh, I'm the Claudia, Claudia. She was damn cool. Yeah. It's one of the few, like, hers with when her grandma is dying is, like, one of the... Um... I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. If your aunt's age or younger, you would probably know who Babysitter's Club is. Please forgive me, Katie. That's okay. I it must have been you. Lois and Karen. And I think I babysit to what it was. So can you explain what that means? Because <laughs> I'm guessing that a lot of our listeners probably don't know I what like you mean. Me. Babysitter's Club is something that the children of the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. read incessantly. It's these girls who got together who Karen was the founder. The founder yep. was Karen. Yep. They all formed a network. House. Yep. And I think it was like four or five girls. The character, not me. Marianne. Yeah. Karen. <laughs> With an E, probably. Was Don Don moved there though? I don't remember. I didn't read that many. Oh, 
Oh. I read a couple. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don moved there from California, so I don't remember. There's, like, a fourth one. Because they all, like, of course, are, like, a little bit cardboard and have their, like... Yeah. See, my, oh, my the pretty, generation was Nancy um, Drew. Oh, I ballerina. love Nancy Drew. Um, oh, they're... Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Because when Nancy Drew went to the Loch Ness Monster. I didn't and the Nancy the Cy- Nancy of the Cypress. I loved Nancy Drew. My mom did They're formulaic, but they're, you know... Well, so are okay. babysitters. Stacy. Stacy, yes. Um... Anyway, so what is the Babysitter's Club? So these girls got together and they would meet every week and all the town knew that the girls of Storybook were at their at Karen's mm-hmm. house and they would call their house and schedule what they babysitters for, babysitters. for the week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, their own union. Yeah, it yeah. was like a network. Yeah. So so we were going to do that and then we sort of talked about like how we could do that yeah. and like meet at different places but then yes. we quickly realized that we needed a place, a place. to meet. So And then, Lois did did uh, a little bit of footwork and found a, a little place in the same complex. Yeah, we looked at a couple places and before we little, got to... <laughs> it's little. Yeah, smaller yeah. than this. I feel like this space we have is little. That other one was know what we were little. First at. Yeah, we <laughs> multiplied that space by four, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It was two rooms. Yeah. Uh, and and the three of us would have had a shared office. Yes. <laughs> we were like, this Although, is fine, you can have that I corner, and then we realized like it didn't work. We are sharing... My portion of the studio space. You are not. I'm not complaining. I feel like complaining. Um, <laughs> it's entertainment. It seems pointed. <laughs> Just because I'm staring at Anne. Okay, well, I will say wow. Wow. No, 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 no. Look at me. Look at me. Smiles. Yeah. Smiles. Oh my God. <laughs> so She's like teeth. incessant. <laughs> Smile at me. There's so much teeth. I like um, the iron. Don't take the iron. <laughs> So we. Um, so who had the original idea then? I, I want to give Lois credit for the As original. She sort of planted the seed. I think it was the Lois idea that we the could yeah. afford to share the rent on a place. Yeah. That became very like realistic and mm-hmm. reasonable. Um, I feel like Lois planted the seed. We were willing. I was probably the most hesitant and nervous about this event, this venture, and what entailed. And Anne had so much energy, like and. You found a couple different places for us to look at. Yeah, and she did the legwork of like trying to find us a space because she but works. But I didn't find this space. Though. You did though. You did. Well, I found you this found space a... next door. Yeah, and but then you emailed you the guy it. and you said, "Do you have anything else?" Yeah. And then Karen and I came to look at this space that oh, we're in now. There was a couple of spaces that were like, "Oh hell no!" Yeah, <laughs> like that one across the street above the Mexican restaurant. We looked at oh, the place. Yeah, we did. If you guys remember the above, Mexican restaurant above or above across the, from above the restaurant, Anacapa, lots of stairs. Yeah. Yeah, Lots had, of stairs. It was upstairs. There was no. Uh, had a, it did have an outdoor space. Yeah, it had a cool patio thing. It had but a cool patio. It, did, it wasn't but no, 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 no. The listing agent really, he like really sold us on the idea that it would be a great space. <laughs> then it, we went and we're like, we're like, no, it was no. one big room. Yeah. That was it. It was one yeah. large room. Thank you. It did have. It had a bathroom, but I might have had a shared bathroom in the hallway. I, I don't think, think it was. Its, oh, I, I didn't think it had its own bathroom. No? Oh gosh. So when we found this place, Karen and I came to look at it because Anne was at work and we called her and we were like, this we is the one. Our- and Anne was like, okay, I trust you. Yeah. So we each get our own office. Yeah. That Woo-hoo! was where it was like, okay, fine. I yeah. want this one. It was perfect. Which it was delightful. I think we all had a lot of fun being the only person to decide what our space looked like. And we tailored yeah. our space to what we like to do very much. But what, but we did sort of draw. Karen likes to share. 
That's her most favorite. <laughs> she loves sharing her office space. <laughs> I like sharing. Sharing's my favorite. You really do. I, I think. do. I do. So, I do because you'll you'll be working on something. I'll be like, I have a toy that'll that you could use and play with, it. and it'll make your life a little easier. So the last part of the question and is... And Anne first says no, and then she goes, well, maybe I'll try it. Because <laughs> well, I like to figure things out myself. Yeah. Toys um, are fun, though. It's true, they are. So I guess the idea started uh, January, and then Anna Kappa closed March, and then we opened April 1st. Mm -hmm. so, so we went from idea to opening in really four about, months. Really about three months, yeah. because... Well, we knew that we had a, an end date that we had to have it together. And that was probably really good for us, that we oh, had a date yeah. that it was I like, we need to be open lines. for when Anna Kappa closes. It's hard to procrastinate. Because <laughs> so, we felt like the, you, the, you had to have a, the least amount of downtime. Yeah. And so we tried to minimize that as much as possible. And it, I'm very thankful for the people that came looking for us, mm -hmm. in the, especially in the beginning when we're like, there's like three 111s. <laughs> yeah. But only one per building. <laughs> That's true. But some of and our people have, looked in various buildings. Yeah. If you have any friends that may, might not know about us, we've been here a year at least. So well, yeah. mm -hmm. you told I met some why. people at the yeah. fair Wednesday, which was super fun. We're going to have to go the on opening day mm -hmm. every year. And they were like, oh, I miss you guys. I meaning to figure out where you were. And like, well. Here we, we are. Here we are. It's been over a year. That's okay. Hint, hint, winky, winky. Time flies so fast. It does. It's a good, it was a great year. Yep. And this year is even better, so. Okay, so who's got a question? I'm looking. Hold on one sec. We answered that one. Uh, I did Here's the answer that the one. Sorry, I could cut but this out. A okay, topics, here's so one. Also good things. Um, if you're going out to drink with your girlfriends, what's your <laughs> drink of choice? Anne? We all take separate cars, so I don't think we've imbibed together. Right. I don't think we've one had a I night brought, out together. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I brought champagne we've, to here. Yeah. Okay. We, we have occasionally gone on, we went on a road trip up to Roxanne's and we had coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had coffee. It doesn't say who, which girlfriends. Okay. If you were going to go on a girls' night out with whoever, or whoever. if you were just going to go out and have a drink, what would you drink? I like beer. Yeah. I always choose the highest alcohol content. <laughs> you want to make your one beer that you're going to have really effective? Yeah. And I like all kinds of different beers. But Kevin and I have gotten really into this um, restaurant over on the Promenade, whose name I don't know, because um, I think it's been different things. Mm. Um, but maybe I... It's been the same thing, and I just discovered it. Uh, it's across from Aloha Steakhouse, and they make this insanely delicious mango margarita mm. that is absolutely delicious. That sounds great. Um, and their food is very good. It's kind of expensive, but um, the mango margarita is totally worth it. And it is... Um, Pretty delicious. I think you're looking up the name I of the place. Find the name. Hmm. So go hmm. to Aloha Steakhouse. Have and dinner don't there. Go there. <laughs> have dinner there, and then the next time, because Aloha Steakhouse probably still needs some love. Yeah. Um, and um, then the next time, go to the other place. Whatever that other place is. Yeah. 
Um, you can go over to the steakhouse and be like, oh, that's where that place is. Hang on. It's at the bottom of the Crown Plaza. I think we're all trying to figure out yeah. what the name of this place is. At the bottom of the Crown Plaza. Is it La Cosecha? That sounds right. Okay. Well, I found a place near there <laughs> called La Cosecha. So that could be it. Um, so the mango margarita does get us out on a date night recently. Nice. Um, restaurant is a word I never learned to spell correctly. Me either. I never know Restor- how to spell that. Restaurant. And I'm also so bad at spelling it that like Siri or Google doesn't ever help me. They're like, I don't know. And I'm like, how could I, how could you not know what I'm trying to say? Yes, it is. That's a hard word to spell. <laughs> I really respect that because I am also that bad at spelling. I love uh, the, la- the the time we're living in that you can just throw nonsense at Google and they're like, did you mean this? And I'm like, that's exactly what I meant. Thank you, Google. Uh, yes. I think it is La Cosecha. It's, it's, the food is delicious, too. So that's good to I know. Mean, go for the drink, stay for the food. Um, so beer or mango margarita. Cool. Katie? Um, I don't drink that often. So when I do, it's usually, um, a cider. I don't mind a, a beer, a light beer. Um, cider is probably my first choice, but it has to be real dry. Um, I like a gin and tonic. I like a margarita. Kind of depends on where we're going. But if I am going to have a drink, it's probably a cider. I'm going to ruin the ability to investigate my murder in the future. Okay. If you want to kill me, you can serve me a drink with gin <laughs> I, I love like, gin. So, and it always sounds really delicious. Yeah. Um, but I'm so allergic to gin that one time I took like a sip of someone's oh, gin drink. Ooh. It was a da- I was out on a date and I was immediately sick in the bathroom. Uh, and then ooh. he was like, we had just gotten to the bar. Uh-huh. I had a sip of my drink and a sip of his drink. And then he was like, maybe you shouldn't have drunk so much. Oh, gosh. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that date's over. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I still let him buy me a couple more drinks. (laughs) No, I don't think I actually drink anymore that night. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, yeah, but I married him. (laughs) No, not this boy. He didn't like my mom. Rude. You know, if you can't take my mom, you probably can't take me in 20 years. That's funny. Um, Well, I'm sort of a fuddy-duddy. I don't really drink much, and the crowds and noise of places like that are just overwhelming. But... Um, and plus I can't have anything with wheat, so scratches out beer. Mm. I know. I tried the, the non-alcoholic beers Ugh, and the gluten-free type beers. Yeah. Well, because I had a problem, um, trying to get, when I was, after my second child was born, mm-hmm. trying to bring the milk in. And so they say sometimes drinking non-alcoholic beers. Yeah. I, I if you don't like it, you don't like it. Because like as why that correlates to working is because it loosens you, you up. Relax. Maybe. So you need the alcohol in anything. It's not like a high content, but... I will say, when... I was looking at this place that we went to in Austin, Texas, and it was the most funky, fun place to go, called the Lucky Robot Japanese Kitchen. That looked fun. We sit... We we, we sat at, like, a booth, but we faced the window, and we were on a swing. (laughs) We were on a swing, but we... They had... The best um, sake pun- sake punches, peach blossom infused sake with orange cran- cranberry and prosecco. Wow. I could have drunk Fancy. a dozen of those. They wow. were so good. I would have to, because I have not found a sake that I really like. Like, I got sake months ago at a sushi restaurant, and it was like, 
please, Kevin, never let me do this again because <laughs> I don't like sake. <laughs> if we go out to sushi, um, James gets a sapro and he gets the big one and pours it into his glass and I get the little bottom part and that's usually oh. plenty for me. But <laughs> so if you haven't been to, I, can't, I think it's called Gotetsu, but it's across the street from Ventura High School and they do... They oh, don't do sushi, but they do there. skewers. Mm -hmm. They have Sapporo on tap, and when they pour it, it's so cold. There's, like, little ice chunkies floating on top, Ooh. and it's so good. <laughs> and once a month, they do, like, ramen night, and their ramen is amazing. So you have to go there. They have, like, do they announce that on Facebook? Or I think what? it's on Facebook. Um, I have a cousin who knows, and she's like, oh, it's ramen night at Gotetsu. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. Also, if you get there early enough, you can get a uh, Kobe, not Kobe beef. What's the other fancy beef? Um... Was wabu, so whatever wagyu, wagyu, wagyu beef. Um, <laughs> they have wagyu beef skewers, oh, and so they only good. have a certain number. But if you get that early, you can get one. It's like butter; and it'll melt oh. in your mouth. It's so good. Yum. Um. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> I know, like this conversation has turned. I think we should do a round of non-alcoholic drinks real quick. But, okay. Like, if you went to the coffee shop, what would you get? Right. Yeah. Um. But I went somewhere recently. I don't know if I want to name names because it's going to be <laughs> negative. But when I do my Google review, this is what it's going to say. So eventually this will be a public review. It's a place that's lots of things and a bowling alley and a restaurant. I just went there. I okay, go ahead. Feel My review will read as follows. For $75, I still feel like I ate at a bowling alley. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we it went. was terrible. Really? I ordered my, my I just wanted a good burger. Mm -hmm. I ordered my burger medium. Mm -hmm. It came well done uh, and uh, like smashed. <laughs> like I went gross. to, like I like went to McDonald's and they, they wrapped it too tight. Ew. It was gross. And um, Dante got a steak sandwich. Maybe it was the medium. bowling shoe technique. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they rolled a bowling ball over it. <laughs> Dante also ordered medium steak sandwich. His was well done as well. And it's like, why? We, Why do we do this? We went there. It's um uh, downtown, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, downtown. ish. Yeah, ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think still counts in the downtown business yeah. organization, maybe. We went there to spend an evening with Jeff Bridges, which was <gasps> a... That looked real fun. It was yeah. very fun. and I'm I might, your food I, wasn't good. I didn't eat there, so... <laughs> good, smart. Uh, we could have paid for the table, which was very expensive, to watch the concert at, or we could have paid the cheap price and just stood on the floor, which is what we did, that except like it was so... It was not the Ventura Theater. Okay. It was so hot. I was like a sweaty mess. Oh. And also we were like right in front of the stage. So Jeff Bridges was literally like from me to Karen. Like he was oh. right there. And I'm sure I looked like a drowned rat. And I don't <laughs> think he cared, but I was like, oh, yeah. It wasn't the way you imagined meeting the dude. Though, it's okay. Right? I've seen him before. So it was the second time we've seen him in concert. And oh. I will say that that place had terrible sound systems. Oh, <laughs> and they had a real great time. To, like their mixer wasn't working. And oh, then they were complaining God. about their earpieces. And it was like, Ugh. yeah, it was not oh. great. Well, Dante went there recently with his friend, with you know, our mutual, uh, very good friends. And he... Um, they were supposed to be a Red Hot Chili Peppers cover band. And oh, sounds fun. It's these. It's an 11 and 12 year old oh. mom. <laughs> no, I mean like, no, like the band. I don't know. Oh, I thought that was, was the band. Like, <laughs> I thought the band was 11, 12 year old and a cool mom. I was oh like, that sounds amazing. Tanya, if you're listening. <laughs> you have to start a Red Hot Chili Peppers cover band. So anyway, and they patiently waited and waited and it was like 11 o'clock in the the cover band still had not come on, uh -huh. and so they just went home, oh, and bad. Dante was very upset about this. Um, so if we're going to drink 
when I order at Starbucks. Yeah, what do I right now? I'm a blonde, flat, white. I think mm, those are good. Yeah, I'm all I'm about the bitter. I'm all about the dragon drink or the pink drink. I want something cold and refreshing and it's slightly fruity because yeah. it's been hot. But that is one place in my coffee where I do like some alcohol. <laughs> Like a little Bailey's and cream. Oh, or yeah. Or a little bit of rum. That's always Mm-mm-mm. good. Mm-mm. I do like that in coffee. I only drink cold That's beverages good. because um, I just... Because if Katie drinks a drink over, what? I don't 30, know. 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm sorry, probably I'll like give it to like 40. Yeah. <laughs> um, ice is my favorite thing. No drink ever has enough ice for me. So I drink iced coffee because oh, it's cheap I like, and it's cold. I, want I don't drink hot liquids of any kind. That's the devil's temperature. <laughs> I want less ice because... If you can name that show in, like, the comments or whatever and tell me what that clue is from, I'll be your best friend. <laughs> anyway. I, I feel like if they're giving me too much ice, then they're chipping me on my drink. I don't care. I want all the ice. Yeah, I want it full of ice know. and then coffee. Yeah. Opposite. <laughs> I'm a light ice. I have my ice on the side. Nope. Light ice on the side. Light ice on the side. I would have ice on the side. I would have it all ice plus an extra thing of ice. Our ice maker at home was not working properly last week when it was so hot, and I thought I was going to die. I was like, I'm really tired of drinking warm water. And it was probably just, like, cold. Drive-through. Drive-through. I always feel like Joe Pesci. They F you in the drive-through every single time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Okay, who's the next next question? I think it's my turn. Yeah, pick one. Very little writing. Lots of it's beautiful writing though. Um, I've bought several skeins of yarn that are joined with knots, and I wonder how you handle it. Do you disregard and then knit? There are no ends, and the yarn is trimmed close to the knot. Should I untie the knot and retie so there are ends to weave in? Which is more stable? Depends Thank on you. Depends on the type of knot. I think if you're going to get a knot from a yarn manufacturer, I wouldn't trust it unless you tied that knot yourself. Yes. Amen. So my answer is cut out the knot, retie it, or don't tie it, but leave yourself ends to weave in and just rejoin it like you would a new ball of yarn. I agree with Katie. Um, don't trust a knot. They're never... Unless, like I, unless, it's unless a, you tied it yourself and it's one of those fancy magic ones, yes. don't trust one that yes. comes from yes. a yarn company. Because yes. there is, like, there are cool knots that mm-hmm. you can tie. I'll do the magic knot, but I won't tie a regular knot because even if I tied it, I don't trust it. It also depends on the kind of yarn. If yeah. it's something slick and slippery, like a superwash merino or something like a silk or something, it might come untied. If it's a yeah. real rough wool that's going to hold on to itself or mohair or something, it's probably not going to come untied, yeah. but... I like to say, and I say this to my beginning knitters, because everybody feels like a knot's going to save you. Um, yeah. Knots are like nails in furniture making. They are not what holds a piece of fine furniture together. It's glue and pressure. So taking your ends, re-adding the ball of yarn, and then weaving in those ends mm-hmm. is like the glue and pressure. It's going to keep your garment in good shape and looking nice. Yep. That knot will untie itself. Also, it's not the end of the world when you have a knot in a skein of yarn. So the supposedly the acceptable amount of knots per skein. The industry standard is three. three. So you can have up to three balls of yarn. But I've never. I would lose my mind if I spent thirty dollars on a skein. I heard from a yarn person, Mm. from like someone like Anne Anzula or someone else who. 
The, 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 I've always the heard standard it's three, but I could be wrong. I heard the standard was five, but I've never encountered five. In fact, if I count, encounter more than two, I'm really surprised. So what do you think that means? It's like up to three knots and then you can complain? Or like... Up to three knots, and then you can ask for like a but replacement. You, okay, but, but at that point, gonna, you've already knitted point, it. You've already knit half of it, or it's more just, of it. I think it's just good to be aware that you're gonna get a knot in your skein of yarn, and it's not the end of the world unless it's something like Noro does, and then all of a sudden it's a different color. That I can understand is annoying. But. See that I don't care about, but I'm not fussy about how my Noro. Yeah, but go. some people might. But yeah. I, and I don't. And you can spit splice almost every Noro. That's true. So yeah, like, that's, that's true. the one that's yarn true. it really does not annoy yeah. me. Unless I, I mean, sometimes I am doing something where. The color sequence is important, and yeah. then I understand the frustration. The there. only time I really had it be completely annoying was when I had two knots, and they were with they were within two yards of each other. Yeah, yeah that that's annoying. annoying. I'm like, come on, just, just not give me those two yards. I know, but, but they're trying. The but they're broke. Yeah, <laughs> and they're trying to get a certain number of weight. They have to. They're yeah. trying to make the weight. Well, that's what's sort of interesting. I can't. I think it's a dirty jobs where they go to a yarn mill. Oh, and really? That's where oh. I like got some like visual, interesting, like some better understanding of how up. hard it is to set up the milling machinery, mm. and that's why like it's if there's a jam or something breaks, they just bring the ends back together and tie it together because the setup it's not is worth resetting so, it. So ridiculous. Yeah, interesting. It's a good. That's a good dirty job. So. I'm googling it right now because yeah. I want to watch it. Woolen mill operator. That's a good one. What oh. ha, what what network are do you? Watch? I just googled it, so I'm sure you can probably sure watch YouTube, it on YouTube. Or something. I mean, okay. Micro, could you just send us a link to that? Yeah. I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> He's rolling to podcasts. If you don't listen yeah. to Micro's podcast, you're missing out. Um, just yeah. listening to micro is a good thing. <laughs> That's very like, true. No, he's got oh a really God. good one. Side note on other good podcasts I can't wait for. Sam Hewen and um, McTavish. What's his first? Graham McTavish are doing a podcast called Clan Lands that um, is the two of them talking about Scottish history. Yeah. I don't cool know when it debuts. I can hardly wait. They're building it up. I'm dying. It better be good. Wow. Okay, then. So... That's it. Done with uh, that. You want to read our next question, Karen? Cool. Um, this is the last one, I think, on our on our uh, what on the we have two survey. questions left. Survey. Okay, I've been told that it's best and imagine air quotes to fix end of air quotes bright hand dyed yarns because they may run onto lighter yarns when hand washed. And that even if they are fixed when made, the pH in different waters can cause them to bleed after they've been fixed by the dyer. Is this true? And how do you fix hand dyed yarn so that they will not run when you hand wash them? I feel like you know. Mean, I feel like you know more about this than I do. Okay. So <laughs> it's helping. Fixing means okay. First. When you have a yarn that bleeds, it can be a couple of different things. It can be that it wasn't fixed or set properly with. Um, an acid or a mordant, depending on what kind of fiber it was. What and that um, keeps the color and that in helps, the yarn. Yeah, it makes it fast, the color fast. We say when something, uh, the color holds fast and holds onto the mm -hmm. fiber really well. I always think of it when my mom gave me a home perm. We have to fix the curls so they stay. <laughs> Did that work out well? No, it was real bad, guys. Real bad. Wow. She convinced me. I feel like home like perms are never a good idea. Chop all my... I wanted a perm so bad. Yeah. I want everyone to close your eyes and picture Anne with a perm in it. Okay. It gets better. So Big 80s hair all over the place. Who looked a lot like... Like, we looked like we could be mm -hmm. twin sisters. Um, only she told people... 
when other younger kids asked when we were swinging together, um, are you guys twins? Just, no, I'd be the pretty one anyway. If we wow, were. that's so You'd mean. You'd be the bitchy one anyway. <laughs> Natasha. Natasha. No one named Natasha. I nice. will not use your last I'm name. I'm sorry if there's any cust- or a listeners named Natasha, but I've never met a nice I'm Natasha. Sure <laughs> anyway. What is in Natasha? Um, she she had like this Probably very there. cute kind yeah. of um, like Dorothy Hamill. Kind yeah. Of, we like, all have a little Dorothy shorter. Yeah. Like imagine Tasha Yar from Star Trek next generation and Dorothy Hamill's haircut um and my mom wanted me to do that because I was very bad about brushing my hair same and she just wanted to get shorter as short as she could she used to keep in the bob and I still wasn't good about that she wanted to see how short I think she could get me to get it and then she promised me if I did that she'd give me a perm on no no (laughs) oh it was awful my hair never looked like Zabri's hair that's what I wanted she looked like Mm -hmm. Dustin in Stranger Things no, the one that I look like is is Mike. I look like Mike. <laughs> and my little brother was like, doesn't your daughter look like Bobby? What's her full name? Bobby. I don't know. Bobby Mae Brown? Is that her name? Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. And I was like, no, because Mirabelle looks just like me. So I'm like, she looks, sure, she looks like that. But I look like Mike. Anyway. Oh my gosh, that's funny. So. And to go to the second part and of the, the question. And the part of the hair. Like, <laughs> no, because I never got those great curls. Never. It just looked like frizz. Anyway. Mm. Okay. Talking about fiber. Back to fixing <laughs> Back to your fixing yarn color. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the extra dye that runs is because when you get a really, really rich dark color or a, a reds are really hard to get that color to stay. Yellow. Uh, you have yellows run? In fabric, I have yellows run. Oh, you know what? If you grab the Orea scarf, the, well, of course, it's in the bag that's going to the fair. I had a blue, but you can, but I realize now why the blue has little pops of yellow. It's because the yellow ran onto it. I didn't mind it because it made a green and it was fine anyway. Yeah, it's okay. But, so the question is how you can fix that. Um, because we, we were doing sweaters that had a fade or things that had a fade. And what I rec- what I recommended was that they not wind the yarn just yet. Leave it in a hank. If it's only been tied two places, give it at least one or two more ties to keep it. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Cascade 220 only had one tie. And if you tried to, to Kool-Aid dye it like we did often, then what would happen is it, the extra strands were so loose you got really terrible messy spaghetti but the, what you would use is you would use a little bit of citric acid or white vinegar because that acid helps the dye to to get absorbed fully into the fiber um, that helps it set it and whatever is left over can, goes in the run water and the other thing is there are tied i think it's tied or no it's Shout color catchers. Yeah. These are sheets that you put into that water while it's soaking. While it's blocking, yeah. While it's while it's blocking in the water. And what that does is whatever's on those sheets attracts the dye over to itself so that so it, it settles end up on, on other parts exactly. of the project. You have to be careful though. But I don't you still have to be careful because I don't necessarily fully trust those. Well the shout works great in the wash. I haven't sorted mm-hmm. my clothes in ten mm-hmm. years. Um but it doesn't prevent crocking. So crocking, like a crock pot sitting in a crock pot, mm-hmm. the um, 
if it's resting on itself while it's soaking, mm-hmm. the parts that are touching themselves. Right. If you can... have red touching white, it's gonna. Yeah. Or, yeah. or even like if you have a sleeve touching yeah. the body of it where they're resting together, there could be a dye transfer. Mm-hmm. I like to test it before I knit it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I will take. Do that a, in the swatch. Yeah. Like I'll take a. You can test your swatch, absolutely. Yeah. Um, or take um. Like a length little butterfly. of the yarn and yeah. make a little butterfly of the yarns together that you're going to mix. Throw it in hot water because if anything's going to encourage it to do it, mm-hmm. hot water is the happens. most optimal. And see if you get any dye transfer or loose dye. And if you do, how do you try and fix that? You I would don't soak mix it those okay. together. Or, but I mean, is there a way to offset it if you really are set on putting those together? Oh, yeah. I finished knitting the thing and I never get it wet. There you go. <laughs> Just don't wash it. In class, before we had a class where we were making a fade kind of thing. And someone wanted to use tart. We mm. all know what tart does. Madeline However, tart. so what I ha- what she did first was she tart and cream, if I remember. Yeah, tart those and cream. Are, that's a bad combo. Yeah, yeah. it was but, gorgeous though. But what she did was she washed the skeins with citric acid, mm-hmm. and you can buy citric acid at the grocery store. It's something you can put in your dishwasher. It's like a powder that you. And it's food safe and stuff. It's, it's food safe. Yeah. Now, you have two, two, if you do white vinegar, yes, that's clear and it's white, but it tends to dull the colors. They're, they're not quite as vibrant. If you use a little bit of citric acid, you, if you have vibrant yarn, it will keep its vibrancy. And I, what you would do is you would make sure that hank, um, you would just let pre-wash the hank and wash it until it's not bleeding anymore. <laughs> And then you squeeze squeeze it out, lay it out to dry. Some people will, will hang it to dry, but I feel like the weight of the water could stretch out the yarn and change its nature. What do you yeah, think? That, no, that, I, that's, I never heard, I was reading that question again about like different pHs of water making uh-huh. a difference. I never thought about that, but it makes sense that that could happen. I, I have heard that that makes a difference. That that's even That even if you... Um, if it if, if it's a yarn that normally wouldn't, the pH of your water that you use could. That's why some people mm-hmm. use distilled water because it's pretty to neutral block. Wow. to block with. I, I guess mean, if you were really concerned about your colors. Yeah, but then what are you going to do? You're always going to wash it in distilled. I mean, well, how often I mean, do you wash you it? Don't do it that often. But it's not every project that you no, have a concern no. about, too. And See, honestly, if you're going to swatch anyway, mm-hmm. and, and you might block that swatch, mm-hmm. um, swatch with the different colors. And you can always do te- some stripes or something because and see what it's a happens. lot better to have a swatch be ruined than to have your whole project be mm. ruined. I'm not into that much. P- Before I went into my pink phase, <laughs> <laughs> I was not. There was a time where I was not into pink, and I had this the sweater that started with a really pretty cream, and I, th- I was I needed to block it. But I threw it in the water just before I took my shower. So it was only in there for maybe 15, 20 minutes. And it was pink. Very, very pink. Mm. And at that point, Color Catcher would not have helped it. Yeah. And so I, instead of having, it wasn't just pink all over. It was only pink in very specific Mm -hmm. places where it touched. Yeah. So in that case, I decided to lean into it. And put it back in the water, and I shoved it down, and just let it spread itself out so it looked intentional. Yeah. And people think it looked like really pretty pink clouds yeah. instead. Um, and I mean that's you have to be adaptable and like go with the re- what happens sometimes. Like um, 
there was a really pretty Madeline Tosh that they took mm-hmm. away that they don't have anymore. <laughs> it was a, like a light so gray and pretty. a dark red. It was tart on yeah. a, like a soft gray. And then oh. you wash it and your gray turns pink. It was the most that's beautiful Valentine's Day. Yeah. It was a beautiful raspberry colored sweater, but the knitter that was not what she wanted. So that would be very frustrating. Yeah, it w- they didn't. They took it right. Yeah. And took it out of rotation immediately. I think that's Shouldn't they test those things? Well, it's surprising that they did Maybe didn't. their pH worked fine. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, be. that's an interesting thing because that would give, like, I don't think that the independent yarn companies intend to give you yarn that isn't no. color fast. Um, and yet, I had a skein of yarn that was dark navy blue. And not only did it dye my hands, See, it yeah, dyed my needles. And I was wearing white pants I had on the couch beside me. And well, every time I pulled it, it made little blue lines yeah. on my pants. And I did talk, and that was that was it dry, straight from the wound mm-hmm. hank. I did contact that, that dyer and say, look, this is really... I took a picture. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know why it does that. You know, we just have to... You know, she was a little defensive and said, well, we have to over dye it too. I don't have a problem with you over dyeing it. Rinse it some more. Rinse it, rinse it, rinse it some more. And So I dyed the Christmas present yarn for you guys and all yours came clear. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was the burgundy color that I um, just could not get to, to the water to clear. run clear. And I didn't want to, it was like an unreasonable time of night too, so I didn't want to keep going. <laughs> um, it's the cause of the purple, occasional purple mystery spots we still see. Yep. But mostly I got all those spots. <laughs> um, but I was literally bleary-eyed that night, so I could not get all of them. Um, what should I do about that? Should I keep rinsing it now? I mean, it's been dyed for since December. Hmm. What would you do? Um, Should I soak it in citric acid? I go to your yeah. first thing. I would or? soak it to citric Because it's already been set with, the, it already had citric acid when it was dying. It had, and then I set it with so Maybe I it might, just needs to soak for a long time. I might soak it with a little more citric acid to let it absorb a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Soak it, put it, um, and then at that point, and let it soak a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if it lets it sit in that bath till the till it's turned cold and its little skin has gotten wrinkled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Raisin fingers on my yarn. Raisin <laughs> fingers. Where do I anatomically look for that? <laughs> where are the yarn's fingers? <laughs> I think if it's a fingering weight, but it's she, probably easier oh, to tell, it right? Is fingering weight. Yeah. <laughs> you get my point. Yeah. Let yeah. it. That would be a set it and forget it for a while. Yeah. yeah. Let so, it soak for a which while. I have done that before. So. Um, we do have one more on the. Yeah, we can throw this okay. in because it sort of goes with what we're... Oh, yeah, uh, where we went. It says, I love to know more about your dyeing process, what bases you use, and how to pick colors, that sort of thing. <laughs> I am going to pass this off because I do not do any dyeing, really. I have in the past, but I don't I don't have any. I think... You're I mean, the most recent. I didn't, well, I chose what was softest and cost best. As far as which yarn you picked? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Um, what was and most accessible? We yeah. used was it Felici? Felici from Knit Picks yeah. for our base. And you've used the worsted recently. I use the Felicity worsted. I Felici. 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 Yeah. Felici. I use the Felici worsted because when you we had dyed the fingering, it came out so soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a it really was even nice it was. Base. It know that sometimes dyes change the feel of the yarn. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, before we dyed it, it was a nice base, but it certainly wasn't creamy dreamy like what happened when the dye process happened. So when I did the worsted, I am super happy with it. I but think um, when we, like if I were to do a bigger batch, mm -hmm. I would like to explore some of the other like places that mm -hmm. you can and widen my search. So I don't really have a methodology we've for got, my bases we, yet. Right. Our bases we've gotten from nitpicks because they're inexpensive, they're naturals, they're accessible. Mm -hmm. And we didn't order like hundreds of skeins, yeah. so it was yeah. easy to get the amount we needed. Um, but what I wanted when we made that decision was a good price, mm -hmm. a certain amount, nice, yep. quality, um, and um, like I wanted a certain result. Like we all wanted plied, I think. Yeah. Um, so. You know, we, we, we did assess what we wanted the final outcome to be for what we were making. I'm going to do this thing, maybe. <laughs> I have maybe. my heart set on it. So there's a pattern that came out in Nitty a couple of, like the last one, maybe the spring Nitty, that's um, the mind sucker. Anyway, it looks like this tentacle like thing that's out of, that's um, stranded knitting. It's tentacles, so it looks like it's eating your so brain. So it's like a hat? Yeah, <laughs> it's uh -huh, a hat. Thank you. <laughs> and so my father-in-law has a joke where he puts your, his hand on your head and makes like a up and down massage Brain sucking thing. and it's yeah. starving. Yeah, what is this? Oh, it's a brain sucker that's starving. Yeah. Uh, which is great when you have a group of really smart people, so you, you need to knock them down a peg every chance you get. <laughs> so um, it's a family joke. So I asked each group of the family, so my mother and father-in-law, and then the four sets of married couples and families, if they had to pick a color to like represent their family, what would that color be? So I'm going to dye the base by the colors that they mm -hmm. gave me. And then my mother-in-law thought she was being cute, and she said something like, all the colors of the world. <laughs> so I'm going to do like a lightly speckled yeah, that's a rainbowy color. And I bought this heinous neon green that I love, um, that was on clearance at Tuesday morning for like it was it's um Patton's wool. Yeah, that's a neon green. Oh, I saw that at Tuesday morning. Yeah. So you're gonna overdye. It. I think it's I like get, highlighter green. No, I want that to be the color of the brain sucker. Oh, okay. And it'll go with. I mean, I might because I have some fluorescent. I have some fluorescent green in there. But it is fluorescent greener. Oh, <laughs> but then you don't need to dye it. No, you're gonna she needs to I'm going to get Felici um, worsted, dye it the right colors. And then I use the green as the... That's my point. I have thought of over-dyeing it with a rich green because I got that really big green color, but we'll see. One fun thing I did before... I might not even do it this year. <laughs> to, to, to get a palette to, is I got a couple of um, sock blanks from Knit Picks. That's and they're... Idea. The idea, because then I could kind of play with colors on a blank and kind of figure out what I wanted to do it be so a sock blank is two strands knitted together in a rectangle the idea is that if it's really it's fingering weights yarns held together that way if you whatever you're dying to with one strand is happening to the second strand the idea is as you're knitting if you were knitting socks would you match. would they would match it's a pre-knitted length of yarn that you exactly. can paint on and, and then, then you unravel from it exactly yeah. um but i used it like a palette to try to because sometimes when you're mixing up your dyes you may not really know what the color of the powder is how what it matches like up amount to use or yeah. how much to use and Which so i have my weeping burgundy so <laughs> i used <laughs> that sock blank as my palette to kind of play with my colors on and mix on That's because I don't mind making a, a funky funky pair of socks with all this color. And in the meantime, I can see what it looks like on a mm -hmm. blank thing. 
in I have these in I the do. past you've taken you've, you've encouraged people to take bring a photo or a piece of mm -hmm. art and draw yep. their mm -hmm. color palette from that because that's something yep. you visually if you're not like if you don't have a good sense of color theory yeah. or um, a personal color story then you can um take know that something that you're looking at is pretty mm -hmm. <laughs> and take the colors from that and i've gone on pinterest and typed in like spring color palettes mm -hmm. and like all these little graphics will pop up of like combos of colors mm -hmm. and that's how I've done inspiration for color palettes before. Um, I'm finding from the story I'm telling that I want to look to like what people choose as colors that represent them so mm -hmm. when I did um, the yarn I dyed as Christmas presents I thought of like your signature colors and they all happen to go together uh -huh. as I'm knitting with mine I'm feeling like we would throw a good Mardi Gras on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did a really pretty teal for Karen, a very vibrant yellow. I knit on that sunshiny. I'm working on a, a project. It's a long-term project. Well, I guess it's not that bad. I'm, I'm half done since Christmas. You just That's damn good and fingering right, um, and with a million other things to knit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I pick it Lois, up and I go, Lois. I had this yeah. really gorgeous emerald green, and then mine is, um, I think it was Merlot was the color. Um, and then I used speckles of the other people's colors in uh -huh. that person's color. So I like, and then when I asked for the colors that I'm going to dye for this hat, it was fun to ask them what their, like, what their color totem was. color of the family would be. Um, and with no context. Yeah, like just tell me context. your color. Yeah. Um, and I know they're not listening, so. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel safe sharing this. <laughs> I keep adding more and more dyes to our our, our, uh, our library of colors back there. Eventually, I'll get enough of every kind of color because I've got four skeins. Yeah, what are you going to do with that? There, it's 80% wool, 20% angora, 219 yards per 50 grams. So they're, they're smaller hanks. But if, um, and I've got four of them, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I was thinking that I would, it's called bare hair, and they're not nearly as fuzzy as I would think, but I think it's one of those, remember, bloom, remember we, we, you, we had one at Anna Kappa that really bloomed. Oh yeah. It was a classical yarn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It looks Yeah, I think so. Fresco. It, it looks yummy. like a normal two, normal two ply and then the more you knit, the fuzzier it got. The mm -hmm. more it sat on the oh, shelf. Oh, it blocked, yeah. too. It, Ooh, so pretty. It went poof, like a cat in the dryer. Is that right? Yeah, okay. that's our last question. All right. Explain <clears throat> salvage and grain. How exciting we got a sewing class yeah. question. Um, so salvage, I mean, you could take this to weaving, too, I guess. Um, salvage is the edges of your woven fabric in commercial weaving that were attached to the machine the weaving machine and probably also in the printing process of the fabric if you look at fabric like woven fabric you can see like tiny holes along the sides and it's so you can see like where the pricks of the machine were holding it mm -hmm. and um and it's it can be woven at a different um Tension. Like tension so it, it feels and drapes differently than the rest of the fabric also the print might not bleed or go off of that edge like it might go off one edge and not the other um, so it looks different <laughs> and the selvage runs parallel to the weft the warp yep to the warp, warp mm -hmm. um, of the fabric so that is the longer strand and then the 
um, what goes perpendicular to the salvage is the warp. So weft. Damn. <laughs> Glad you guys are here. Warp goes warp up. Is weft long. goes sideways. Weft is short. Warp speed ahead. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> weft, we've arrived. <laughs> Mail edge has gone weft. We have weft on. <laughs> so weft is the short. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Warp speed ahead, that's so good. I'm going to remember that forever. Oh, good, because we're Cherokees, and it only just popped in my head. Warp speed it. ahead. That's pretty forward. smart. Those are those brilliant moments when it just all comes <laughs> together, the, all the things you know. So warp is long, weft is short. In a woven, those are perpendicular to you, or they make a T-shape, mm-hmm. or a, a cross shape. And so usually when you're cutting out something, you're <clears> on the straight of the grain, um, you want to normally line grain lines, which are the long arrows on your pattern pieces, line them up with the warp, the long one. Yeah. Um, but I often cheat. I was going to say, why is that important? Well, because the, um, <clears throat> if you line up with the short grain, it's stretchier. Hmm. And depending on what you're doing, have you ever gotten a pair of jeans that when you went to fold them, the legs twist a little bit? That's because the legs were not put on grain properly. Mm-hmm. They went um, kind of biased. They went a little bit biased, and then and you'll know because even oh. though it, it folds flat, when it goes on your leg, the seam sort of <clears throat> uh, yeah goes across your leg. Torques. It torques. Yeah. yeah. So this Tell applies. Tell me what bias is though. That's your internal <laughs> desire to have. Yeah, right. That's my <laughs> personal opinion. Yeah. That would be the diagonal. The 45 degree diagonal is perpendicular. On that perpendicular line. That's the stretchy part. On the stretchy part. So So if you cut something on the bias, it's going to stretch. Very stretchy. And some things. Almost as stretchy, isn't it? And some parts you want on the bias where because you want it to have a little give and a little stretch. Maybe on a shirt, you might want a shirt on a bias because it gives you a little more. Without having to be baggy, it gives you a little more ease. There's that other word. In the bust without necessarily having more fabric. So does this only apply to woven fabrics? The perpendicular rules, yes. I mean, <laughs> but it, knits, knit so, fabrics have, do they have yeah, a grain? Knits absolutely they have, have a, a direction of stretch. They. That's what it is. It's a direction of stretch. Well, you can have two. And four ways. But they have a grain. Yeah. And, and they have a nap. Nap. This didn't mm-hmm. ask about nap. Okay, um, what's a nap? K-N-A-P. No. no. N-A-P-P. It's N-A-P-P? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I can grab a pattern. I think it's N. It's, it's my not pers- with a K. That I really I think it's N-A-P-P. confidently know. Anne's walking to her office and to I'm grab just a checking pattern. What, what, I, what, Karen's what, did I, what the heck did I spell? <laughs> what did it? It's oh, just one. She's on her like, way back. Take, take oh, like take a nap? Take a nap, Karen. There's oh. no K in it. Oh, the nap <laughs> is a word, the way I spelled it. It's the crest of a hill. Oh. Okay. A pathway winding around the nap of a green hill. Okay, I'm so intelligent. (laughs) I don't even know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm smart even Uh, when I'm not. (laughs) The nap can refer to a couple things. It's it's also used to refer to directionality. So Hmm. the nap can be like the correct direction of a fabric. So you want to consider it with. Well, so that's more like furry fabric has the direction that. Like, like one you way pet it one way, nice, yeah, and one way feels not nice, like mm-hmm. the velvet bags. So Karen has learned in her embroidery and mending 
and hand stitching knowledge that thread has a nap as well. Mm -hmm. But how do you control the nap of thread? Well, you do what Natalie Shannon says, you love your threads. So what happens is when you're not going to cut it too long, because what's too long? It basically, on what you're from doing. your from your fingers to your elbow and back, and no longer than that. The idea, I guess, there's an old German saying, um, "Long, long thread, lazy girl." <laughs> That's me. I am you too. But, but I, I identify what, with that. 18, when you, Eighteen inches is what I usually. But go when for. you go really long, it's not really saving you work because it's going to twist on itself as your fingers naturally move mm -hmm. the needle through. They will put a little twist as they go. It's just natural. But when thread is wound onto a bobbin or onto its own little thing, the machine puts a little bit of twist in it to help it to grip and be nice and firm on that. So when you free it from the bobbin, one way to do is once you put it on your needle, before you put a knot on the end, you just run your fingers from the needle to the ends and just sort of rub it across. And that helps the little twist to relax on itself so it doesn't coil mm -hmm. later and become a nasty knot, but it also puts a little bit of the oils of your fingers through that. Yeah. And that smooths it down. Now my grandmother had a piece of beeswax mm -hmm. and I, I have it and I have no idea. But she goes, yeah, you love mm -hmm. your thread. The idea is thread heaven. I've used that. I like that. Oh yeah. Mm. But just, I like what you've shared with your natural oils of your fingers I, are good. They, and she has the idea of being intentional. You're, as you're working on this project, you're thinking about the people that you might be making it for. Personally, I change threads so often, I don't put that much more thought about people, <laughs> but but well, I don't do. do you think about the people you're making something for anyway? I, I do, whether it's knitting or whether it's sewing or it could be a bag. It, when we're creating, as a maker, I don't know how you could just, it's, you don't, I never get so consumed hmm. in the making of it that I don't think, oh, she's going to love this fabric. Or, <laughs> I was just thinking Anne's about how I make this. everything for me. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't me. relate. <laughs> so I think about me. Yeah, I'm going to love this one. It's good. Don't you? Okay. But don't you get <laughs> Don't you get excited when you go, I love this t-shirt. It's my favorite. It came together so well. Um, I want to make sure that we covered what salvage and grain are. Yes. <laughs> so salvage is oh. the part of the fabric that the mill used to hold on to the and machine. And they intend you to cut that part off. You don't yes. use it. I, you can, might, if it's going to go into the seam allowance, yeah, then I do, as long as it's not like one of those ones that it really changes the tension, the drape of the fabric. My mom, that like makes her ashamed if she sees the salvage and in my seam allowances, she's like, I don't want that nasty stuff in what I'm making. Wow. So she said something like that when I was cutting. Out. I don't mind having, sometimes in an effort to be frugal. Yes. I will make, I, I might cut, some of my seam allowance might get into the salvage. As long as it's going to be hidden in the but seam. As, yeah, but I feel as the long same as way. my needle is, I'm not, it's not going, as long as the salvage is not going to be under my needle, I feel like all that oh. I'm sewing is in the same. Think about when you make your swat, a knitted swatch, how you, you want to do more stitches because you want to count what's in the middle. And I think with fabric, what's in the middle counts. If you really, really want to stay true to grain line, then you can use the edge of, you can use a ruler <laughs> and use the edge of your selvage as a point of reference. Yeah, because it's a square edge usually. Yeah. Because yeah. an interesting thing about milled fabrics is when, the, like my mom used to say at the end of a bolt when she'd be at the fabric store and kill mm -hmm. a bolt, she'd be like, looks like they took a machete to that. Yeah. You know what? They do. Yeah, right? They just kind of hack <laughs> off the end. literally take a machete in the, in some mills mm -hmm. and just shh. 
And so the torque of the machinery pulling back on it can torque the whole bolts of fabric. Mm-hmm. So like that's why sometimes you buy woven fabric and it is so not square. Even yeah. if you saw them, you know, let's say at the quilt shop because it's straight. more per- usually the more precise cut squarely. Yeah, it could be because of the way it was milled. I mean, I'm noticing like the better first run fabrics don't have that necessarily, but. But right. one really cool thing that Super Buzzy does is when with some of their really nice um, double gauze, what they will do is they will. That's the right way. It is so smart. Yeah. They don't fold it in half and just cut and hope that it's straight. They will actually take a thread. They'll take a thread from the weft. Yes, but on the fold. On the on the fold. Well, yeah. I, well, you, I, it I works I've from had, everywhere. From both, well, if it's too wide, yeah, from the fold. But they anyway they pull on it and it'll ruffle a little bit and basically they'll pull a thread out and that gives them a straight line to cut from. You can also you can also rip it. That'll give you a straight. I love ripping fabric. When I worked in a fabric store, it was my most favorite. You like cut a little snip and you rip it and it'll rip right along the thread line. So it should in theory be straight. The people like they bring me a delicate chiffon and you're ripping and it I'd snip and go <laughs> and they'd like freak out and then they'd see it was a nice straight edge yeah and let me and then they would be fine it delighted me <laughs> decorator fabrics, i don't think i've ever seen corners. anyone from super buzzy or fabric town rip no i i i don't that is the most correct fabric handling technique i have heard mm-hmm. not witnessed but heard in a long time mm-hmm I mean, I worked at Joanne's, so it's not like I went to some, you know, textile school. Right. But, but they used to have a very specific um, training video that taught you how to cut everything. Mm. And I never, since I, I mean, it's been 20 years since I've worked for them, never see anybody doing those things correctly. All I see them doing is all the stupid things that they put out when I was leaving that company about how to prevent cutting too much fabric for people mm-hmm. <laughs> so like plaids should be snipped at the fold yeah should always cut with the fold towards you <laughs> should be snipped in the middle of the plaid you should cut along one layer along a line of the plaid open it cut along the other layer and it just hurts my soul so much when they take my plaid and they just and cut just... a straight line because you w- <sighs> then how much do you have to cut off to square it up, to square it up? I yeah. mean I've learned to just get the extra fabric so yeah I'm happy to give you extra money, Joanne. <laughs> I mean, you can't use the coupons anyway. Oh, that's true. But that's all fake pricing, too. Anyway. Oh, get off the soapbox. So I think that's all of our <laughs> questions. About yeah, let's talk about everything. Um, so so um, how, how far are we along? I think we are over time. So I think that's going to be it for wow. today, guys. Okay. Thank you so much for giving us so many wonderful questions. Yeah, that was fun. Um, this was really fun. I hope you enjoyed it. And, you know, if you guys want to just start sending us questions, we will start including them in our mm-hmm. regular episodes again. glad to incorporate again. it mm-hmm. in. Or we'll do it as a special occasion again in the future. Yeah. Um, these were wonderful questions, and I really enjoyed answering them. Yeah, we had a good balance of, like, random personal stuff and then yep. techniques and advice and stuff. So that was fun. Thanks for stepping up. Yeah. And asking these Yay. great questions. I really and thank you for listening to us for a whole year. Yeah. I know it's only 12 episodes, but it was a whole year. I was like, yeah. wow, we've been doing this for a whole year? Yeah. Once a month. And we've been having a very good time. So thank you for showing up and sharing this with us. Um, Remember that we've got new classes on our website right now. So if you're listening to it currently, um, we're about a month into our class schedule. So there's all kinds of good stuff on there. Um, You can, like I said earlier, join our mailing list. Go to stringsandthingsstudio.com 
and right on the home page there's a little form for you to fill out if you want to get our mailing list um, it comes out about once a month so we're not going to send you a whole bunch of uh, junk or anything um, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook um, and if you want to follow us personally on Instagram I'm at Katie Creates I am Anland22 and I'm Knitspinner805 um, also, please remember to like or end or review us on whatever platform you have listened. Yeah. Because that will help other people um, find us and mm -hmm. hear Just our tell your friends. Insights. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah, we'll see you next month. Bye.